Hey, before we jump in, let's pray really quick, and then we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that as I speak, that it's not my words, but your words. Father, that you would speak through me. I pray that our hearts and our ears and our eyes and our minds will be open to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, obviously uh, what we're doing this morning is Star Wars is our clip for the movies, uh, and we saw the trailer, and then we showed a clip, and in the clip, uh, they're trying to get onto a base to take the shields down, and uh, you know, Han tells him, you know, what'd you do? And he says, I was in sanitation, and he said, well, how are we going to turn the shields off? He said, well, we'll use the force, and he says, that's not how this works, you know? That's not how any of this works. That's how I feel when I get on Facebook and I, I see a, a message that says, type amen and share, and God will bless you. You know what I think? That's not how this works. Right, right? You know, tag 10 people and share, and God will grant you a prayer. God's not a genie in a bottle, okay? So, so if you're doing that stuff, that's, I, I feel you. You know, if anybody gets on Facebook and says, man, I need prayer, or would you please pray for us or pray for our family, that's a totally different thing. But you know what bugs me the most when there's a picture of, like, money, some guy holding a wad of cash, and they're like, type amen and share, and God will bless you. That's not how it works. So uh, I just wanted to clarify that this morning before we moved on, that that's not how this works. Uh, has anybody, raise your hand if you've seen the movie Star Wars The Force Awakens. Right? Okay, okay. We got, we got some movie watchers in this service. All right, uh, raise your hand if you're a Star Wars fan. You like the Star Wars movies, right? You enjoy those movies. Okay, I might be preaching over here this morning. We got some fans over here. All right, so uh, if you've never seen the movie, it's okay. You can watch it later. Uh, this is the seventh movie in the Star Wars franchise, so you got a lot of homework this week. You can catch up. Uh, the first one, A New Hope, came out in the 70s. Uh, the next one, uh, Episode 8, is coming out this Christmas. So you got a lot to look forward to if you haven't seen any of these movies, right? That's, that's like an amen part, or ride the bus, a holler bus, you know, you know, something, something. Thank you, brother. Somebody saved over there. Y'all, y'all are gonna, y'all gonna have to kind of just let me know you're getting something. So, in the trailer, uh, it starts off with "There has been an awakening, and have you felt it?" And he talks about the dark side and the light, right? And we know in our lives, in our world, that's the world we live in as Christians. There is a dark side, and there is the light, right? Ephesians five fourteen says, "For the light makes everything visible." This is why it is said, "Awake, O sleeper." Rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. We live in a dark world, right? And and the world is covered in darkness because of sin, because of that junk. And Jesus is saying, hey, wake up, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. It's time for us to wake up. Many of you in this room, you can remember an awakening in your own life when you found Jesus. I got saved at eight years old. Right, I didn't have much time to sin. Right, you know, I, I maybe broke a window with a BB gun or, or or lied or did something like that. But I didn't have a lot of time to be a heathen. You know, I was eight years old. I got saved. So, uh, you know, but but there are those of us that maybe you had an awakening later in life. I, I know people that you know their twenties and their thirties. They they've got kids and they find Christ and they have this radical awakening of Jesus. Maybe you've had that. Maybe you haven't. Right. Uh, for me, when I got into Bible school, that was kind of the time in my life where. God wasn't just my parents' God anymore. He became my own God, right? I grew up in church, grew up in a pastor's home. I served God because that's what we did, right? You know, I mean, we're the preacher's kid. I wasn't one of those bad preacher's kids like you hear. I was a good one. And so, uh, right, that, that's an amen moment right there. Yeah, come on, yeah. Uh, I, so I wasn't one of those bad ones like my sister was. Um, that's another amen moment right there. 
I'm just kidding. Ashley was a good kid. She was. And so, uh, you know, in Bible school, God became my God. It wasn't just my parents' God anymore. That's a big transition in your life, especially if you've been raised in church. You have to make that transition from, I'm going to serve God because that's what we do, right? We're in a small town. We go to church. We go to Ground Zero. We go to camp. That's what we do. Two, I'm going to serve God because I want to, and he's my God. And you have that radical awakening in your life. And God is calling you this morning to wake up. And my prayer is, is that through these clips and through this, uh, as we go through this series, that that would happen in your life. All right, so what we've seen in this clip is uh, we see that Ray, the young girl, and the young man, his name is Finn, uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca have picked him up on the Millennium Falcon, right? And they have this map of where Luke Skywalker is. And they're trying to find Luke Skywalker because he's been missing. And, you know, before, before this movie, this movie takes place 30 years after the other movies in like kind of the movie timeline deal. So Luke Skywalker and the Jedi, this is all kind of turned to myth and into legend, right? They're kind of to this place where it's like she says the Jedi were real, right? To them, it was like, oh, that's just some fairy tale, just some story that has been told, right? And so it's moved into this place of myth and legend. And then Han tells them, yes, it is true. It's all true, right? And the same thing goes for the gospel, Right? Do you know that the, the disciples, Peter and those guys, when Jesus ascended to heaven, they thought he'd be back before they died. Right? In their lifetime. They're in their 30s. Jesus ascends and they're like, man, he'll be back in probably 25, 30 years. Right? When we're in our 60s, he'll be back. Right? But it's been 2,000 years since he's, since he's yet to come back. And so what happens is, is you can't let that turn into myth and into legend. Right? We can't take the gospel as something that's not real. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Uh, verse 17 says that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Right? It says right there that all scripture is breathed out by God. The word of God, the Bible, is the very breath of God. The Bible's true. Everything in it is true, and we believe. Amen? Amen. And, right, and if you're at a place in your life right now where you think, well, I don't know if that's true or not, that's okay. But you have to, in your Christian walk, get to that place. All Scripture is breathed out by God. Think about when you read the Word of God, you're allowing God to breathe on you. See, that's why it doesn't matter that you don't understand it because God is beginning to breathe on you. Adam and Eve. Adam was created outside of the garden. He was created by dust, right? The Bible says that he was formed out of the dust and that God breathed into his nostrils and he came to life. Right? Every time you read the word of God, God breathes on you and it gives you life, right? That's why you read your Bible. And it does, you could read it and say, I have no idea what that means, but that's okay, You'll begin to understand, right? Because God is beginning to breathe on you. And the word of God is the breath of God. And we don't believe that men just wrote the Bible. The word says that men did not write under their own knowledge, that God gave them the things to write. They used their hands, ink, pen, paper, and they wrote the word of God. But God told them what to write down. Amen? And that's what we believe, that the Bible is the very word of God. Okay, first or John fourteen six, excuse me, says that Jesus told them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, Jesus told them, I'm the way and the truth. I am the truth. Right? Anytime Jesus spoke in the New Testament while he was on the earth, he would always say, I tell you the truth. Right? I tell you the truth. Right? Because he was saying, I am the truth, I am the way, and I am life. 
Right? He's saying, I, this is true. He told uh, his disciples, I go to make a place for you in heaven. If it were not so, I wouldn't tell you. Right? I go to make a place for you, and if it wasn't so, I wouldn't tell you. What I love about this clip is this realization, this awakening, if you will, that, oh my gosh, the Jedi are real. All of the stories of the Force and everything that Luke and them did, it's all true. Think about the Death Star to them is some legend, some myth that it, you know was 30 years ago that as kids they heard stories of, and it's turned to myth and into legend, and they find out that it's all true. Right? And you've had this happen to you in your life where you realize you, you have this stirring, this desire in your heart that there has to be more than this, right? There has to be more than just this life, the day-to-day, the, the, the grind of day-in, day-out life. And the good news is, is there is more. There is more, and that it's all true. Jesus dying on the cross, raising from the dead, it's all true. Couple, uh, well, it's been more than a couple years ago. About ten years ago, we went to men's retreat. Uh, I think I was a senior in high school, and a, a guy by the name of Lee Strobel spoke. And uh, he's a lawyer. His wife uh, got radically saved. I think went to church with like a friend, got water baptized, got saved. Life radically turned around. Uh, they were atheists before this. Now he's like a scientist and a lawyer, and so he did not believe. And so what he did is he told his wife, "I'm going to take my law degree. I'm going to take my knowledge in science, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to legally prove that Jesus did not exist." Right? He, he said, "You know, I'm going to throw the Bible aside, and I'm going to use that." And I'm going to go prove throughout the process of trying to do this, he gets saved, right? Throughout the process, he finds out that you can prove that Jesus did exist. You cannot look at the Bible. You can look at ancient history from men who were there who did not write books of the Bible, who wrote that Jesus was alive, that Jesus was crucified, and that they saw him after his crucifixion. And he found out not only, uh, you know, is the word of God true, but I can prove that it all really happened. Right, and he had this awakening. And so I I want you to understand that it's all true. Everything you've heard from the word of God is true. All right, so what we see in this clip is Han, they're trying to get this uh, droid back to Leia, who's in charge of the resistance, so they can get the map to Luke Skywalker to try to find him. And she tells him, no, I'm not taking it back, and tells Han, you need to take it back. That you've been running from this fight for too long. Right, there's so many of you in the room who have been running from this fight. Right, you've been running, and, she, and then Ray says, what fight? And Maz tells her, the only fight. Right, the only fight. Right, so many times, uh, you know, in Christianity is, I can imagine that, you know, somebody comes into church, and they're like, man, you know, my life's kind of a mess. Man, I need Jesus, I need help, right? And you come in, you sit down, and then you're like, man, I, I want to do the whole Jesus thing. And as if I could physically throw armor at you and say, well, put this on. It's like, no, 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 wait, maybe you didn't understand. I want the whole Jesus movement thing, you know, meek and mild, inherit the earth kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, but you're going to want to put that on. Right? I had a friend tell me one time that uh, she said that, you know, when I was a Christian, she said life got harder, not easier. Right? Why? Because you poke your head up out of that hole and say, I want to serve Jesus. And the devil's like, start shooting right there. Right? Knock their head off. Right? But if the devil can just get you into the mundaneness of your life and keeping your head down and keeping to yourself and worried about yourself and your own problems and your own sin and your own mess, then the devil leaves you alone. Right? But then you say, man, I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going I'm to get my friend saved. And you're going to have 
your tires on your car get slashed, right? Your water pipe under the house is going to bust. You, your yard's going to die. Your dog's going to die, right? Because the devil's like, let's kill him, right? We're going to destroy him, right? Because what we think is, is there is no fight. I want Jesus. I thought he wasn't here to fight, right? I want Jesus. Ephesians 6, 10 uh, through 18 says a final word. Now, I love this because it says a final word. It's almost like a command, right? Like, like if an army was gathered up and the general got up and said, I want to give you a final word before we go into battle. He says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to st- <coughs> excuse me, stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Now, right there, a lot of times what we think is, is can I have Jesus, but, like, we leave the devil out of it? I, I want heaven. That sounds great. But this whole standing firm against devil strategies, I don't want none of that. Right? That's how we live. Verse 12 says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. I don't want you to miss this. I really want you to pay attention. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. You know what the devil tells you? The person next to you is the problem. Right, the person three rows back, the person that's not here, your mom, your brother, your aunt, your uncle, your cousin, right, they're the problem, right, your coworkers, your boss, you know, you think like, man, I don't want to send anybody to hell, but that guy could go for a little bit, right, <laughs> I mean, you know, right, we always joking, ground zero would be so fun to have a button, and I could push it, and you'd like just drop to hell, and then when I push it again, you like fall out of the ceiling, you know, covered in smoke and screaming, hair singed. Right? I'd get some people saved if God would give me one of those. <laughs> right? I mean, I would. Like, you know, it's just like you're acting up, just, poof, you know, they're gone. And they're flying out of the ceiling. Ah! I mean, that, that, that would be awesome. But we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. People are not the problem. Your family's not the problem. Your boss, your employees, they're not the problem. Because that's not what we're fighting against. That's not what the fight is about. Now, here's where it gets kind of trippy. Okay, it says we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You go home today and just meditate on that. Read it over and over and over again. And you're going to want to crawl under the bed. Right? It says we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. You know, I think I can barely handle the world I can see. Now there's one I can't see, right? Not, not, not only do I have to deal with this, but there's some unseen world out there that I can't see. And, and in that world, everybody out there wants to kill me, right? There's, there's this dark world in uh, mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. What the heck are they doing in heavenly places, right? I, I mean, you know, this, this almost even sounds... Like a movie trailer? Let me read it to you in the movie trailer voice. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Right? If we had some, like, epic music behind this, right? Against mighty powers in the dark world. That sounds like a Thor trailer. Right? And against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Right? It's like, what? And then verse 13 says, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. What? 
I, I don't want to do that. Then, then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news or the gospel, which is the word of God, so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Right? You walk out of church, and all of a sudden, arrows are falling out of the sky. Not just arrows, they're on fire. Right, fiery arrows. And they're saying, hold up your faith. Right, hold up your faith as a shield to guard yourself against the fiery arrows of the devil. I mean, you know what we think. I didn't sign up for this. This isn't what I want. Put on salvation as your helmet and take your sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You know what we think. My God, I can barely get to church on time. Right? I try to get here in time to get a smoothie and hit the first song of worship, and that don't happen, right? But, but I'm supposed to pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And we just think, this, this is nuts. Like, I didn't sign up for this. Second, or 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight for truth faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Right? Just as in the clip, she says, you know, what fight? And she says, the only fight against the dark. Right? There's a, a, a battle going on in an unseen world all around you. Right? And the devil has come to kill, steal, and destroy Right? He wants to knock your head off, your family, your kids. Right? I always think that you know, if someone stood out in your front yard and said, when your kids come out of the house, I'm going to attack them. Well, you'd go out guns blazing. Right? It's Texas. Right? I mean, we'd be shooting grenades, bazookas. We'd, we, I mean, we would take care of it. But the devil does it, and you say, come on in. They're in the back bedroom. Right? And we do, we do nothing. And you have to fight. You have to put on God's armor. You have to be in church, right? That's why we're here. You know why we're here? Because you're getting beat up by the devil, right? We come in and we, we clean up your wounds. We bandage you up. We bang out your armor. We, fit you, we give you some faith to strengthen, strengthen your shield, give you some word to sharpen your sword, and we send you back out, right? And then we pray for you throughout your week, right? Crying out for God's protection, that angels surround you, that you're covered in the blood of Jesus, Right? Because you have to go out and fight the good fight. Amen? All right. So what we see here in this clip is she ends up uh, kind of down in this basement, and she finds Luke Skywalker's old lightsaber. And when she touches it, she kind of has this vision. And then at the end of it, you know, she asked Maz, you know, what is that? And she said, that was Luke's lightsaber, and now it calls to you. Right now it calls to you. And then I love how she tells her. She says, I have to get back to Jakku. That's where she's lived. And she, her family left her there. And she thinks they're coming back. And she tells her, whoever you're waiting on is not coming back. The belonging you seek is not behind you, but ahead of you. See, right? So many of us, we feel alone. We feel like we don't belong, like we don't fit in. And a lot of that is because you weren't made for this world right? Sin is over the world, and that's not what you were designed for. You were designed for paradise, right? And, and so you have that. And so what she tells her, what I love so much, is the, the belonging you seek is not behind you, but it's ahead of you. The belonging you seek is in Jesus Christ, 
That's the only place that you'll find fulfillment. That's the only place you'll find true peace. Because see, people over and over again will let you down. Why? Because we're broken. We're not perfect. You know, I always think it's, uh, you know, funny's not the right word, but when a, when a teenage girl will put her, her hope in a, in a teenage boy, right? And I always tell the girls in Ground Zero, that young man doesn't know who he is. How is he going to tell you who you are? right? He doesn't have his own identity. He doesn't even know who he is. But you go to him looking for your identity and validation. And the only place you're ever going to find that is in Jesus Christ and nowhere else, right? And I love how it says, she says that it calls to you. Ephesians 1, 4 says, even before God made the world, God loved us and chose us. Before God laid the foundation of this dirt ball and threw it around the sun, God was thinking about you, and how he loved you, and how that he's chosen us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Verse 5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Right? God decided in advance to adopt you, to bring you into his family before he laid the foundation of the earth. I mean, think about how, I mean, it's not like, oh, before you were born, God was thinking about you. Before he made the world, God was thinking about you and how he wanted you to be a part of his family and how he loves you. Ephesians 1.18 says, um, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Now, look at this in Ephesians. He's saying, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. We pray that every single week over church, over ground zero, over power kids, that your hearts, that the students' hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope that he has given us because he's called us. You've been called by God. You've been chosen by God. God loves you. God cares about you. Right, we're talking about how there's a fight, and at the end of the clip, she says, you know, she says, I don't want any part of this. I don't want any part of this. And a lot of times, we can do the same thing. We can, we can tell God, I don't want any part of this. Right, I've come this far, I've gotten what I need, kind of got salvation, ticket punch. I don't want any part of this. And Colossians 1.13 says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, those two verses talk about light. I pray your heart is flooded with light, and I've rescued you from the kingdom of darkness and transferred you into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, uh, Jesus is, is constantly referred to as light in the Bible. And so it says, I've rescued you from the kingdom of darkness and transferred you into the kingdom of light. Right at the end, she tells her, I don't want any part of this. I'm not touching that ever again. But that doesn't mean the battle goes away. You can tell the devil, I don't want any part of this. And he doesn't say, okay, great, see ya. The battle doesn't disappear. The battle doesn't go away, right? The devil has still come to kill, still and destroy. What we see here is uh, he's trying to use the force to get the information out of her of where the droid is and of the map because she's seen the map, so it's in her memory. And so he thinks he can get it. I love how at the beginning he tells her, he says, uh, you know, where's the droid? And he says, somehow you convinced the droid to show you the map. And he says, you, a scavenger. Right? What's he doing? He's attacking her identity. Right? We saw it in Moana last week. 
that as they're climbing up the mountain, right, what does Maui do? He begins to attack her calling and her identity, that you're not who you think you are. And he begins to kind of beat her down, that you're nobody, right? We watched the clip just a minute ago. I read you scripture that you're called by God, and the devil begins to attack you immediately that, well, that might apply to that person over there, but it doesn't apply to you. Because of something that you've done or where you're from or what you've done or what you've seen or, or any situation that you're involved in, somehow God hasn't called you, right? And that's the same thing that he does in this clip that the devil does to you on a daily basis as he begins to attack her. And then he begins to kind of, in a sense, read her mind using the force. He says, you're lonely. You're so afraid to leave and you're desperate to sleep, right? And the devil does the, the, the same thing to you. He tries to tell you that you're lonely, that you're afraid, that you're by yourself, that, that God's not going to come through for you, that God doesn't care. And we just get done hearing how God's called me before the foundations of the earth. Right? Bam. Done. The dude cares about you. Okay? Before the world was created, he was thinking about you. We need no more explanations. John eight forty four 44 uh, says the devil has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character, for he is uh, a liar and the father of lies. You know that every time you hear the devil, he's lying. He can't tell the truth. Right? Anytime you hear anything negative in your heart or in your mind, it's from the devil and nowhere else. Right? And that's what that comes from, that emotion, that feeling, that loneliness, that anger that comes from the devil because he's lying to you and trying to destroy you. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy everything in your life. Why? Because God loves you. And because God loves you and the devil doesn't understand that, he hates you. He cannot understand why Jesus would take on flesh and blood and die to save you. He does not get it. Right right now, today, we know that Jesus in heaven is flesh and bone. The Bible says you'll be able to see the holes in his hands. He didn't go back to heaven and, oh, everything's okay now. He was forever changed by that situation. The devil can't understand it, and so he wants to destroy you. And I love at the end of the clip, as he's trying to use the force to get this out of her head, she very begins to resist him, right? And you kind of see that she kind of leans forward, and he kind of pushes back, and she says, you're afraid, right? You're afraid that you'll never be as strong as Darth Vader, right? If you don't know who Darth Vader is, uh, go home and Google it. Uh, and we know from the previous movies that Darth Vader's a really bad guy. That's his grandfather, and he thinks, I'll never be as strong as him. Here's the thing about it. When the devil comes to you about your past, comes to you about your situation or what you've done, when he reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future, Right? When the devil comes to you and reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. What's his future? You fast forward to Revelations. The Bible says that he'll be chained and thrown into the lake of fire with the false prophet and the dragon for all of eternity. Right? Forever. So he comes to you and says, you're lonely. You're nobody. You're never going to amount to anything. I know who your dad was. I know who your mom wasn't. Right? And you tell him, uh, we're getting the marshmallows ready for the barbecue, bro. Right? And you remind him, and that's what she does to him. She begins to re resist him, and that's what you have to do. The Bible says to align yourself with the, with the word of God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And that's what you have to do. As we are in a war, as we are in a battle of, uh, on a daily basis of the unseen world, you have to fill yourself up with the word of God and resist the devil. All right, so the very first thing that we see in this clip is Finn uh, has Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. He's fighting Kylo Ren. 
and he very easily gets beat up, you know, and the lightsaber flies off into the snow. And then uh, Kylo tries to use the force to bring it to him. It flies by him, and Rey catches it, right? And she obviously got up, went over there, and she's trying to do the same thing, and it goes to her, right? And then what I love in the clip is she, she very easily, she catches it and then kind of looks at it. Like, did that really just happen? So many times in our lives, we pray for God to do something, and when he does it, we think, did that really just happen? Right? Well, did God really just do that? Right? We second-guess ourselves. She begins to second-guess herself and second-guess what just happened. She doesn't think uh, this guy, you know, is in training to be a Sith Lord, and I just brought that to me, and it bypassed him. Right? I can whip the snot out of this guy. Very quickly, she begins to lose this fight. Right? He begins to drive her. She's on the run. She's trying to get away. Then he gets her to a point uh, up against a cliff. The planet they're on is falling apart. And he says, you need a teacher. I can show you the ways of the force. And it's almost like in that moment, she is reminded of, oh, yeah, the force. Right, there's this power that I can use to help me. And she closes her eyes, she gets real quiet, and then all of a sudden she whips the snot out of him pretty quick. Now, I want to read you to a, a verse, Psalms 46.10. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Now, I think for a moment, how she closed her eyes and got quiet. What I love about this is it was in the midst of the battle. It was in the midst of a fight. She's backed up to a, a ravine, you know, a, a cave, whatever you want to call it, and she's backed up to it. He's, he's pushing on, trying to get that lightsaber into her face, and she closes her eyes and gets still and gets quiet, right? And you have to do the same thing. In the midst of the battle, you have to be still and know that God is there. In verse 11, it says, The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Right, You have to be still and know that the Lord of heaven's armies is here among you. The God of Israel is your fortress. Right, So you have to be still. Uh, 1 Kings 19.12 says that God speaks in a still, small voice. It talks in this how Elijah's going to hear from God and how there was an earthquake, there was fire, there was thunder and lightning, and how God wasn't in any of it, and then came a still, small voice. Right, God is not going to yell over the noise of your life so you can hear him. Right in ground zero, if I'm preaching and the kids start getting real loud, I'll just quit talking. And then they realize how loud they are because all they hear is themselves. And then they'll get quiet. Right? And they'll, they'll kind of calm down and get, and get quiet and I'll continue to preach. And, and God's the same way. God is not going to yell over you to speak to you. You have to be still and be quiet so that you can hear the voice of God, so that you can hear the direction of God. Just as Ray does as she's fighting, she kind of closes her eyes and says, oh, yeah, the force. Right, and what do we do when we get backed up in a corner when the devil's pounding us and hitting us in the face and we're getting beat up? You know, we're like, God, where are you? What are you doing? Do you like, are you mad? Right, and God, God says in Acts 1-8, it says that, uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Right, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit. What does God say? God says, I've given you the power to defeat the devil. Jesus says, why do you think I died on the cross? Right? So I could give you the power to defeat him. That you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be a witness telling people about God everywhere. Right? In Tulia, Nazareth, Amarillo, and Lubbock. All the way to the ends of the earth. Right? Power translates to the word dunamis. That's where we get the word dynamite from. Right? You can get a concordance out and you can look that up. The very first word in the original translation to describe that word is force. Not joking. Force. 
You will receive the force when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is biblical stuff. You can go home and look it up. Jesus told the disciples, he says, I give you all authority. Authority translates to the word exousia. The first word to describe it is force. Two places. You'll receive power, right? You'll receive the force. And then Jesus says, I give you the force to go trample on snakes and tear up the devil. Right? The Bible says that in in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, that angels drove them out with swords of light or swords of fire. That's called a lightsaber. I just biblically proved that Jedi and the lightsabers exist with the Bible, right? You're glad you came to church today, aren't you? It says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's why you need the Holy Spirit, right? That's why you need that in your life because you need that power. You need to be able to be still, be quiet, listen to God, hear his direction, and then use that power to resist the devil and push him off of you. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding. Right? She knew when she heard that, the force. Oh, yeah, I need to rely on that, not my own skills. Because she did not have any skills. Right? She's been a scavenger picking up trash and selling it for a little bit of food. Right? She had no skills. So she couldn't depend on her own understanding. She had to trust. Right? Psalms 91.1 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find uh, rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You have to trust in God. You have to rely on God. You have to lean on God. You have to get quiet and you have to listen to God. You have to listen to, for his voice, right? The guiding of the Holy Spirit, right? We always tell kids in ground zero that, you know, if your friends say, hey, just sneak out of your, you know, sneak out of the house. Your mom can't tell you what to do forever, you know? I'm not supposed to leave. Just sneak out of the house. And I said, you get that knot in your stomach that I, I just feel like I'm not supposed to do this. Even like if your friends call you and say, hey, we're going to run to Amarillo and we're going to go just run around, go to the movies, go to the mall. We're not going to do anything. You know, they're not doing anything bad. And you have this knot in your stomach like, ah, I don't think I should go. That's called the Holy Spirit. And he's talking to you. And he's trying to lead and trying to direct you and trying to guide you. And you just think that, you know, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know what that is. That's God speaking to you. And it doesn't always mean that, oh, something, uh, you know, it's terrible. You know, your friends are like, we're going to go burn down buildings and be arsons tonight. Well, I better not do that. It can be simple things where God says, hey, I, I don't want you to do that. I want to protect you. I want to keep you away from this. And you have to begin to listen to and trust God. I want to leave you with this. Number one, you're in a battle every single day of your life. And you have to trust God. You have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray right now that you would equip us uh, for this war that we're in. Father, that you would equip us with your armor, with faith, with the sword of the Spirit. Father, I pray that we are encouraged this morning, that you would equip us and encourage us to go back out into the battle that we face every single day. Father, that Holy Spirit, you would fill us up from the bottom of our feet to the top of our head, that you're guiding and directing us. Satan, we resist you. We stand together and we bind you off of each and every family represented here this morning. You have no power. You have no authority. And we command your voice to be silenced. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. Why don't you all go ahead and stand up to your feet?